1: It's 6.08 on a Saturday morning. This is Lawn and Garden, my friends. Lawn and Garden and traffic and snow and weather and everything else you can throw into a three-hour radio show. We will have it here. Regular updates on traffic, regular updates on weather, and regular updates on gardening as well. In fact, we'll probably ask several of our callers this morning. What's going on in your particular part of the world? How is the weather looking outside? And if you're safe, if you're driving and feel, feel like you can do it safely, you can give us a call from the road and tell us what you're seeing and if there are any patches of ice, because that is right now, as Martin McKay said, that's one of the hardest things to determine in the dark is where is the ice occurring? And if it is occurring, it's just, bless your heart, it's the drivers who find out. And Hopefully you have seen one, passed one, safely gone, but you know where there is a place that we need to be very, very cautious driving. Our phone number on and Garden, 404 872 And I know that at this time of the morning, one of my main audiences right now are the people who take care of us. I'm talking about doctors, nurses, pilots, flight attendants, pilots who maybe have a... A flight that's scheduled to go south today. Hopefully they have the planes in place for you. They will go south. Not many flights going north on this Saturday morning. But flight attendants and pilots and first responders of all stripes, they're the people who listen to us during the radio show this morning. And if they have any thoughts about the weather, about the traffic, or anything else that they would like to talk to, as well as any gardening questions, too. One more time. 404-872-0750. Not a whole lot to talk about as far as gardening go this week. In my life, I planted. I will tell you something I planned. I went to Pike and got some huchra. You know what hucra is? Is um what's another name for it? Alum root. Alum root, another name for it. If you go to Pike and ask them, where's the heuchera, where's the alum alum root, or where's the hookahooki, or (laughs) whatever you want to call it, they'll probably know what you're talking about, and it'll be amongst the most pretty of the plants in the nursery. That's sort of how you know where you have the alum root, or heuchera, at this time of the year, because the leaves are so pretty. They have these sort of chocolate leaves, and they're purple leaves, deep purple leaves, so I have several of those, plus I got another euphorbia, another variegated euphorbia, and put those in a pot right next next to my front steps, I guess is the best way to describe it. I have a little shallow porch and front steps in front of that. And so the heuchera and the euphorbia went into that big pot that I filled up this past week. One of the things that um, you may not know or realize but may have thought to do before. Maybe you're smarter than I am, but one of the things that I know about plants is that most plants, and particularly potted plants, the roots really don't go down very deep. They go down 8 inches or so. And this pot that I was putting these plants into, easily 14 to 18 inches deep. So the bottom part of the plant, nothing plant-wise is happening. Nothing's going on down there. Nothing that you need to worry about at all with the plants going on down below about 8 Inches in the pot And so What did I do I went to my recycling bin And I got a whole bunch Of liter bottles Out of the recycling bin A couple of old pots And things that I knew That I could flip upside down And just put them In the bottom of the pot And raise the level Of the bottom of the pot Up about 10 inches Filled that with dirt Around the liter bottles And the plastic pots And things like that Fill that up About 10 inches or so With uh, Soil, and then potting soil, and then put potting soil, clean potting soil, nice fresh potting soil on top of that, planted by Hukra. Everybody looks happy, and they look great. They are completely cold tolerant, no problem at all with the cold. And uh, that's one of those things that if you don't want to do much driving today, the great thing about Pike Nursery is they're convenient. We'll hear from our traffic reporters in just a minute how the traffic is going and where the places are that you need to avoid. But I will tell you, Pike Nursery has done a very good job spacing themselves out around the metro Atlanta area. And if you want to go to Pike Nursery and uh, check out some of the plants and bring them home real safely, you can do a little potting, planting gardening inside today. Not a whole lot of gardening outdoors, I don't think. Let's go to the phones. we got to find out what's going on in the rest of Atlanta. Nicole is in Griffin, Georgia, and joins us. Hey, Nicole.
2: Mr. Reeves.
1: Hey, Nicole. What's going on with the weather down there?
2: Well, I've been up since uh, 3 or 4 o'clock, because I have to get up early to go to work. Yeah. And I'll probably only see one car. It's probably a policeman <laughs> in the house to go to yeah. work this morning. Sure. It's just because you don't see anything and if you hit you know, Black
1: Ice. Yeah. You don't. don't
2: take any chances. It's just, you know, to me, it's just, if you have an accident, you have to deal with the insurance company. Oh. Why? Mm. I mean, just why?
1: You don't need bread and butter that desperately right now. You can stay indoors. You can stay off the road.
2: It seemed to me like now, if you get out of your driveway, you're just taking chances, and, and you're just lucky to come back, because people <laughs> don't pay attention to anything.
1: True. Let's go to the hardware store. See, get some rope. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go see if we can fill it with gasoline. Oh, I think I need something from down the road here. I go get that. No, 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 no. Stay on the. Stay in the driveway. Stay inside. You don't need it that badly. But what is the weather like? Nicole? did oh, it snow? It, did it rain? Did it sleet? What happened?
2: It's a uh, it, there's a layer of ice over everything. Really. And uh, it was raining when I went to bed, and then I got up and. Uh, And you're spinning and sliding, and (laughs) the wind, that's what, you know, comes through the door. And it's really uh, blow you out.
1: I think it's really interesting, and i got to hand it to Kirk Mellish. Kirk Mellish is the bomb when it comes to weather reporting and weather interpretation, I guess, is what I'm looking for here. Because Kirk Mellish on the WSBRadio.com website has a blog in which he explains and updates right now, what are conditions doing, and where you can look for snow. And he was very specific last night, saying, in some places you're going to get some snow, in some places you won't get some snow. Here's why. Here's uh, what to expect overnight. Here's what'll happen tomorrow morning. Kirk Mellis just takes care of business when it comes to weather. And he said that south of Atlanta, now where you are, might have some freezing rain in the metro Atlanta, right around downtown here, very little freezing rain, nor um, snow or anything else here. A couple, You know, half an inch maybe on some of the cars. The streets seem to be pretty fine downtown. But we seem to be doing okay as far as the traffic goes and as far as the weather went. And Kirk Mellish has a lot to, to do with making sure we stay safe.
2: Well, I always thought that he don't overblow things. Yeah,
1: that's exactly right.
2: Because he, he just he restraint himself because... Look at all the channel, boy! Just like a yeah. bomb's gonna yeah. fall on you. Yeah, yeah, For yeah, him, yeah. he restrains yeah. himself and he, he just don't overblow.
1: Right, exactly. Nicole, I know that we normally talk about gardening on a Saturday morning like this, but you know what? We need to get out because I've got several people on the line who want to talk about road conditions where they are, and that's really important. So let's save the gardening question about Ely Agnes until next Saturday morning. What about that?
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, truck driver just don't take any chances. Let's don't to take any chances. In your
1: Stay home if you can. Thanks for calling, Nicole. See you Enjoy next Saturday. You. Enjoy your day. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty. Haven, it's up in Ball Ground, Georgia, and joins us. Hey, Haven. Good morning. What's going on?
3: Uh, nothing much. I'm just driving down uh, Ball Ground Highway, <laughs> yeah. headed down towards the Canton area. Um, I've been as far as Ellijay, and uh, it's the road are pretty good up there. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't advise anybody trying to cross over in the median to get on the other side of the uh, highway right there, because it is really bad. I bet the medians
1: are snowy, icy. No way in the world would you want to go on the median right now. Huh? I said, I bet the medians look awful right now. The roads themselves, the state DOT has done a great job on the roads, but actually the medians and maybe some of the smaller side roads might have a little more ice on them, certainly, than the main road does.
3: Yeah, I've been driving on back roads about four or five hours this morning, and they're yeah. doing pretty good.
1: All right. Well, Haven, let me let you go because we got other people who want to tell what's going on with them on the east part of the city. So thanks for calling, Haven. You're welcome. We'll Bye. see you, man. Sky is out in Oxford, Georgia, out in Newton County, and joins us. Sky, hey, good morning.
3: Good morning. How are you doing? I'm all right. What's you seeing? Hey, I'm. Uh, I'm traveling in going into uh, downtown Atlanta coming from Oxford. I yeah. uh, was on Highway 138. 138 actually looked really good, especially on the overpasses. And uh, I'm on I-20 right now. Uh, seems to be pretty good. Yeah. As long as, like you just said a second ago, uh, don't don't get over on the median, because that's where I <laughs> see a lot of the, uh, the slick areas at.
1: That's a bad place to be. Well, great. That's good to know that we can come in from the east, from Covington, from Oxford, into Atlanta. Sky, appreciate your report. We do appreciate everybody calling in to tell us what's going on with them. Sky, thanks so much for calling.
3: Thank you. We'll
1: see you, man. It's right. six eighteen at News Talk WSB. You're listening to Lawn and Garden.
0: This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News and News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves for the lawn and garden advice you need.
1: And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Bottom line, if you're thinking about going outside today... Rethink that. Outside is not a great place to garden today. Inside, much better place to to play around with your photosynthesizing friends. Got my tang tangled up just a little bit there. Afternoon highs creeping into the upper 30s today. 20% chance of precipitation. And overnight, sky is clear. Rain moves out. Lows drop down into the low 20s. Stay tuned. It last most accurate and dependable forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSV. David in Snellville has some really great advice for everybody driving right now. David, hey, what is it?
3: Well, um, everything looks good over here in Snowville. I just came down 24,
1: and
3: uh US 78.
1: yeah 78.
3: Everything looks good. Um, you can see some spots. Um, only thing I can say is just drive the speed limit, if not just a little under. Leave the cell phones laying in the seat over there. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Leave mm-hmm. yourself enough room. I um, Overall... It's
1: not that bad. Yeah, it's not that bad right now. I mean, I think the biggest piece of advice you just gave was leave the phones alone. You don't need to tell your friends and family that you're driving down 78 and everything looks fine. You don't need to tell everybody where you are and what you've been and where you're going to breakfast this morning. Leave the phone alone. Good gosh, it's dangerous enough when it's dry and light outside. For right now, when it's snowy and wet and possibly icy outside, not the best time in the world to be messing with your telephone. David, thanks so much for calling. A number again 404-872-0750 more lawn and garden questions right after news. It's 6.36 on a Saturday morning, 26 degrees outside. It is below freezing, my friends, which means if there's any precipitation outside on your garden or on the highways near you, it is frozen. It is not liquid. It is dangerous. Be careful. Be inside. Michael is in Winder, Georgia and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Michael, good morning. How are you, sir? I'm well, sir. How can I help?
3: Uh, looking at planting some grass seed for my lawn. Yeah. When do I need to do it and what do I need to plant?
1: How much sun do you have?
3: I get a lot of sun.
1: A lot of sun is good news because most grasses can do pretty darn well in full sun. If you start talking shade, then we're limiting how much sunshine the grass can get. Most of the main fast-growing grasses don't do well in partial shade or below. So, how's the soil? What's is, is it reasonably good soil, or mostly heavy clay, or what do you got?
3: Um, I'm not. I would say it's kind of mediocre soil. It's got kind of like <laughs> a lot of like weed grass growing in it now. Yeah. My thoughts were to like maybe do have somebody come in and do like a core aeration yeah. and then like overseed it. Is that a yeah. good thing?
1: Not right now because. I mean, honestly, it's just too cold. That's the bottom line. It'll be too cold to plant even fescue seed until mm, mid-March, maybe, Michael. So right at this point, the only real grass thing that you could do, you could lay Bermuda side. I know people who have laid Bermuda side successfully in the wintertime. Snowing, (laughs) they were laying Bermuda (laughs) side. And you could do that if you keep it watered so it doesn't dry out for the wintertime. But overseeding right now, nah, it's not going to work.
3: Okay, so... Aerate it in March and seed it. What would you recommend seed wise? Yeah, or Yeah, 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 yeah. Does it
1: what does it have right now, Michael? Any other grass that's growing or just weeds or what? It's
3: like it's like weed grass. I mean it's <laughs> it's just clumps of weeds and everything else. I mean, there's not really anything that I can really
1: Yeah maybe
3: that's growing good.
1: How big of an area are we talking about?
3: Uh probably half acre.
1: Woo, all right. Seeding is going to be the way to go. We're not going to decide that thing unless you got a million dollars and won the lottery. Um, Let me think what I'm going to do for you, Michael. If you want to have a really, really nice-looking lawn, rather than aerating, you'll hire somebody to come in and till it. Somebody with a tractor on a half an acre. You can get a guy with a tractor to come in and do a tilling, and it would be really, really good if you could till in some either topsoil or even, if you can find it, chicken manure or composted horse manure, or something that enriches the soil. You rake it smooth, and then you can plant seed. If you're going to plant seed in full sun, you know, Michael, I think that Bermuda grass would look great out there, and you do that in May. So you got a long time to think about all this and get it planned, get the money saved up to pay for it and all that, but you can't do full-sun fescue without the real thorough preparation. So if you want to go fescue, fescue seed is cheaper. It'll sprout faster. But I promise you, you do not want to call me in July and say, Mr. Rees, my fescue is all dying because I failed to take your advice and do all the tilling beforehand. If you just aerate and plant fescue, eh, you're not going to be happy, Michael. It's just not going to work in full sun. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, man. And, you know, Michael, if you want more details, I've got details on how to lay sod, how to plant fescue, how to prepare the ground before you do seeding or siding or anything like that. Go to my website, WalterReeves.com, and just type in Bermuda or fescue or zoysia or whatever grass you want to research. It's got a lot of details there. I don't have time to cover it right now on radio, but there's a lot of stuff there that if you have a minute or two, you're going to be inside today anyway, probably. So go to the computer and do a little read-up before you decide exactly what you're going to do.
3: All righty, I'll do some research playing on the ambulance today. You
1: bet. It's great talking to you, Michael. Thanks for calling. All right. Bye. Fran's out in Jonesboro and joins us on Lawn and Garden. How hey, you doing, Fran. Roger? Clayton County. Clayton County, my old stomping grounds. How can I help?
4: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And your father used to come to Terra Beekeepers, where I'm vice president. Course, yes, of sir.
1: Of course. My dad was a great beekeeper. Loved going to I his Terra Beekeeper meetings. He sure yep. did. Yeah.
4: But we have a, um, a oak, a white oak, my husband believes, in the front yard that's about, uh, over a hundred years old, we mm-hmm. believe, because it's huge around. Yeah, sure. But it is covered up with mistletoe. And we're worried that if these people that say it needs, the mistletoe needs to come out, I mean, we understand it needs to come out, mm-hmm. but does it come right back? Does it, Are we going to pay these people the $2,000, and then uh, if they don't do it correctly or however it's supposed to be done, isn't the mistletoe just going to come right back? Yes. What do we do, Walter?
1: Um, in my experience and belief, you, the only way to permanently rid a tree of mistletoe is to prune the limb on which it's growing. You cannot just prune the mistletoe. It is growing in the limb, in the bark. It's connected to the stem of the tree. And so just pruning the mistletoe, you'll have, a you know, bushels and bushels of mistletoe out there. And come, ooh, six or eight months from now, you'll see a little bit of green sprouts all over the tree where they pruned it away. If they prune the limbs of the tree, that's a lot of pruning. That's a lot of taking away off your nice big white oak there. And if it were me, there's $2,000 in play here. I'm going to invest that money more in health of the tree, meaning... Proper fertilizing, proper water, um, mulching around it maybe to keep the moisture in during the summertime, and not worry so much about the mistletoe, even though the information you have is right. Mistletoe does weaken trees, but I think you're better off strengthening the tree rather than removing the mistletoe.
4: So would you please explain to me, sir, how I can tell my husband to strengthen the tree?
1: All right. Uh, is the tree all by itself in the middle of the yard, or is it amongst a lot of other trees? Where is it?
4: Um, it is kind of by itself because really nothing wants to grow around it. <laughs> there, we've tried we've tried <laughs> to plant a few azaleas around it, and there's a dogwood that's yeah. probably about like thirty feet or so from it.
1: Is there a lawn anywhere nearby?
4: No, sir. No lawn.
1: Okay. The reason I'm asking is because many times just plain fertilizing the lawn is plenty of fertilizer for a tree. When they get that old, really they don't need a lot of fertilizer, and the lawn, you know, extra fertilizer there is enough for it. It actually
4: has probably never been fertilized in the 25 years that we've owned it.
1: It doesn't need, let me repeat again, it does not need a lot of fertilizing, but a little bit here and there is not going to hurt anything. The kind okay. of fertilizer that you put down, I think, is important. I would not put down one of the fast release common 101010 10, 10 or anything like that. I would simply use one of the real slow release, or, they call them organic fertilizers like milorganite, cottonseed meal. Mm, Hollytone, uh, Eb Stone, all those. Just, it'll read it on the label. Just read the label. It'll say this is how much of this stuff you put out over a thousand square feet, and then you and your husband friend get to do your basic math. You remember that back in the seventh grade when you had to learn about the area of a circle? You're yes, going to have to figure that out. How many, how okay. many square feet are underneath our oak tree, honey? And then go out about a third more than that number because the feeder roots of the tree actually go out way. They go out ten or twenty feet, maybe beyond the drip line and so you'll put the you put the fertilizer in sort of a donut. there's really no need for fertilizer up close to the trunk of the tree because 10 15 feet from the trunk there are no feeder roots there they all start uh, a little bit in from the drip line and then out about 20 feet so a big donut is where you put this organic fertilizer Uh, again using your math skills to figure out how much but that's one thing okay we've got fertilizer under control put the fertilizer down first Put mulch on top of that, and that can be anything that's cheap. It could be pine straw, pine chips, shredded wood from a tree company. Doesn't much matter to me. A layer, I don't know, an inch, two inches maybe thick is all you really need. That's going to hold moisture in. You really probably will not need to water the tree unless it gets deathly dry in the summertime. And Kirk is saying, well, we're now into our second, third, fourth week of no rain in Atlanta. Uh, that's when it wouldn't hurt my feelings to go out there and, um, Measure your water application Get your sprinkler going out there And put about an inch of water Put a couple of cups out underneath your sprinkler And when you've applied an inch of water in your cups You cut them off And that's really all you need for the next couple of weeks again So you fertilize it with a slow-release fertilizer You're mulching underneath the tree You're watering if needed during the summertime That'll give your husband plenty of things to do And the mistletoe, even though it's weakening the tree The tree will be able to withstand it so much better
4: and this um, this organic um, cotton meal that you yeah. said, Walter, how soon do we as soon as this gets warm, like February or March? Yes, yeah, the fine. ground is warm.
1: Okay. one of the one of the beauties of slow release fertilizers is that they all have to be broken down. I mean, this is really true. The slow release fertilizers that have all the feather meal and kelp meal and um, bone meal and composted sewage sludge and all that kind of stuff. They don't actually go into, a form that the plant can use Until the soil starts warming up Until bacteria in the soil start breaking down These various components So right now when it's so cold They're just going to sit there pretty much Possum may come around and lick it a little bit But that's no big deal And So okay. <laughs> you you, okay. uh, you apply the fertilizer You can do it Frankly anytime in the winter or Unless there's some erosion problems there But you can wait till March No problem there either friend And okay, you put the fertilizer you. out and the mulch on top of that
4: Thank you very kindly, Walter. I hope you have a wonderful
1: day, sir. Uh, it's great talking to you, friend. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. 872 the number on Lawn and Garden. Coming up in the next half hour, Greg in Loganville wants some advice on building a raised bed, having built several of them and having to replace a couple of them in the next month or so. I've got some advice for Greg on how to do that. Melvin in Austell wants to know how to prune peach and pear trees. Another situation I have a lot of good advice good tips on how to get those trees to produce the most peaches and the most pears, and maybe the most apples and the most plums, if you have an apple or a plum tree. Our phone number, Alana Garden, 404 eight seven We'll be back after this. <laughs>
0: This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves the lawn and garden advice you need.
1: And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Looking out the window here, the winds are picking up. So trees eh, might be swaying a little bit outside. Probably better not to do much gardening outside today. Stay inside with your photosynthesizing friends where it is warm. The lows today, well, I should say the highs today, are going into the meh, upper 30s pretty much all afternoon. Overnight skies clear going down to the low 20s. Stay tuned. It allows most accurate and dependable forecast. Comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Greg out in Loganville, he joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Greg. Good morning, Walter. Happy belated anniversary. Hey man, thank you. Twenty two years on the radio. How All about right. Con- yes sir? Congratulations. Okay. My uh
3: question is my regular garden spot is just too close to the woods. So I feel like I just don't have enough sun anymore. Mm-hmm. Tomatoes and sun-loving vegetables, so I want yeah. tomatoes again. So yeah. here comes a raised bed. How high do you recommend? What kind of dirt? And should I line it with gravel?
1: No. You should use what I'm using mostly now is two by eight pressure treated. Now, there's arguments that can be made pro and con pressure-treated wood. I am not swayed that the current kind of pressure treatment is harmful to people and vegetables and things like that. So that's what I use. But if you want to use stones, if you want to use cinder blocks, i got no problem with that either. But 8 inches, 2 by 8, or 8 inches high, that's the height of a cinder block, is fine. And when you fill it, you just till the soil underneath. You add organic matter, and you look and say, man, I still only got about four inches, I still have to fill this darn thing out here. Yes, sir. So then you go to a landscape supply yard, and there's several of them around town. There's some out in your end of the world in in Gwinnett County. And uh, just call them up and say, hey, man, what would it cost for a truckload of delivered nice, pretty, rich topsoil with some worm castings and some chicken manure mixed in? And they'll give you a price. And if you have a pickup truck, you'll pick it up. And if they have a truck, then they'll bring it out to the house and dump it. And you put it in the bed, and you plant those tomatoes. And summertime, you call me up and say, "Waller, I got the best tomatoes in Loganville."
3: Hey Amen. That's what I'm looking for. Yes, sir. You say no gravel, right? i don't really nah. need gravel for drainage.
1: It is not not useful for drainage. If you have really hard, heavy clay underneath there, maybe. But in most cases, no. The the drainage out the, underneath the sides of the bed will be fine. Okay. You won't need no it. No weed really. cloth or nothing, really. No. Nope, okay. I don't think so. All right. Thank you, Walker. appreciate it. it Great talking to you. Talk to you in July, Greg. Yes, sir. All right, man. It's 6.58 at News Talk WSB. This is lawn and Garden. we still got to talk to Melvin. He'll be first in line in the next half hour about his pruning his peach trees. John in Villarica wants to know a little bit about Roundup dangers. I do have some information about that. Jay in Austell says the roads are drying up pretty quick where he is. We'll talk a minute to him, too, in the next hour. It's 6.58. We'll be back after news.